0: to answer is human to question is divine welcome to the world of the hidden gateway an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence such as who are we is there such a thing as good and evil or are they arbitrary constructs does the paranormal exist how can we evolve to a higher state can our mind influence what we term as reality. Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is the Hidden Gateway.
1: Welcome back to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. I am your host, Justin Williams. Now, before we get started with this week's show, I just want to ask if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to the show on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This will be a tremendous help for us to reach an even larger audience across all platforms. As always, your support is greatly appreciated, and I thank you all. My guest today is linguistic, evolutionary, and educational entertainer, Laurel Erica. Laurel is the creator of Word Magic Global wordplay that unravels mass hypnosis and elevates the frequency of consciousness. Laurel's word magic reveals why it's so necessary to upgrade English and how we can begin together to create, collectively, heal the world to help heal the world. Laurel, welcome to the Hidden Gateway. How you doing?
2: I'm very well and delighted to be in conversation with you. thank yes. you, Justin.
1: thank you I, I've been waiting on this for several weeks. I believe I told you before that I first learned about you. maybe about a month, month and a half ago, I saw you on another another show and uh it just was drawn to you. It was just something about you, and I said, I need to have a conversation with this lady and so here you are. This is a special treat for me, and um I typically. Start off shows by asking the guests to kind of explain how they got what what was their path, if you will, that led them to where they are today. so I want to touch on that just a bit. I want you to take me back if you would, please Laurel, to your childhood and what that was like, and what you recognized in your childhood what paid a, played a huge part, a huge piece to you doing the the wonderful work that you do today.
2: Well, thank you very much. I got started in early childhood playing with words. I remember saying to my parents when I was three or four, I bet I now know all the words in the English language. And around that time, a man came to deliver a sound system to my father. And it's a wonderful metaphor, and life is but a dream, which mm-hmm. means that everything is metaphoric. So as he was setting up the sound system, and I went to watch what he was doing, he told me that when he opened the box, a bat flew out of it and landed in the tree outdoors. So I remember running outside to stand before the one of the few trees in our desert um backyard, expecting to see a bat hanging from it, and in fact, at a certain point, I realized I was expecting to see a baseball bat. so in my memory, that was the first time I recognized that words could have the same name and yet be completely apparently unrelated. And that set me off on my quest. So sometimes when I have presented to a live audience, I have queried um, the people present about how many people as a child tried to dig their way to China. And only a few jokers raised their hand. And I explained that I am one who actually succeeded. And it was through echolocution, as a friend of mine described it, listening, following word sounds like sonar uh, to tunnel all the way through to China. And I learned that I'd actually reached it when I was years older. And I was at a a museum exhibition where there was art from China. And one of the little descriptions of a particular piece in a display case was that um, the image of the bat in the display case, the explanation was that in China, the bat is a symbol of happiness because Ooh. in Chinese, the word bat, fu, is the same as the word for happiness. So I discovered here was a culture who looked at a relationship between words that have the same sound instead of dismissing them as coincidences, which has been done in our culture. And coincidence is a word that names and then dismisses as insignificant the Mm. coincidence of two people or two events to arrive from different locations at the same place at the same time. So different thoughts for, that have the same name, the coincidence of their name, I started looking at that to see if I could find a deeper significance to it. And that's how I eventually uncovered what I call the secret spells of the English language as well as some sacred
1: path words. The secret spells of the English language. I know when I first heard that or read that, I believe it was on your website or, or maybe on that podcast that you were previously on. You know, obviously the first thing that pops in my mind is the English language is uh, the words we speak. I should say we are creating. Bell is is this is this correct? And yes,
2: words words are the instrument of hypnotists
1: mm-hmm.
2: of politicians of advertisers, of um, propaganda, mm-hmm. that words are thought forms, a verbal thought form. And when you, have, when you manipulate words, you can manipulate ideas and belief mm-hmm. systems. Ooh. And okay. a, a friend of mine once said, we don't have ideas, ideas have us. And this is completely true. We are the arms, legs, and mouthpieces of ideas. And I look at the word slogan as slogan, that we are manipulated by the slogans of slogans that have, uh, that reduce ideas into a sound bite and one that is often. Burrowed in our consciousness through an earworm, wow. <laughs> perhaps a jingle, so the power of the mind is so vast, and we have only um, a small awareness of that, and uh, how our beliefs influence our actions, influence our our consciousness and therefore, how we behave in the world. We can be manipulated by these slogans. And what I've found that beyond intentional manipulation in current time, which is happening all the time, by calling things what they are not, and telling us what we have seen when we haven't. I remember years ago seeing a political debate and one of the candidates was very stone-faced and you know really quite um quite um un unengaging and afterwards the spin doctors came on to talk about what uh, an engaging fellow he was how vibrant how wonderful His ideas were. So they were telling us that what we had seen was not what happened and that this is what was seen. So this is constantly happening to an ever greater degree at an accelerated rate. Yet what I discovered is that there are already significant words in the English language that share their sounds with words that one would think would be. Completely unrelated, and yet, um, and yet, they are influencing each other. So, let me just quickly give the concrete example in what I have called <clears throat> the secret spells of the English language on my YouTube channel. I posted this video in 2010 sharing what I call our premier life sentence. And it goes this way. We awake each morning and go off to earn our living during the weekdays at various jobs and undertakings until we come to the weekend. And I explain that what I do is a translation of the English language. And I spell that T-R-A-N-C-E with the idea that words cast spells that put us in a trance. And when you translate that life sentence, we awake each morning, we remember that awake is a party to celebrate the dead. Mm -hmm. And morning is the state we're in when we attend awake. And we would have to be staggering around in a weekdays To earn the living, since urns are vases for the ashes of the dead, we call our jobs undertakings. Entrepreneur means undertaker, and job is a Hebrew word for persecuted job. And what we get at this at the end of this perverse bargain with life is progressively weakened. And so when we say to each other, good morning, we're also saying on a subliminal level, good grief. And when we say, have a good weekend, it sounds like this gradual collapse. Instead of saying, for instance, have a good strengthened, because Surely, the the Saturday and Sunday are for renewal and for gaining strength. And then our most prevalent greeting to each other is hello. And when we reverse those words, it becomes, oh, hell. So when I put that sentence together back in the 90s, I thought, well, this is very interesting. But so what? And then i I recognized, as technology um, started becoming more a part of our everyday lives, I realized that language is software, and that English is the leading software of the Western mind, and that it is filled with cultural biases that are akin to computer viruses that infect our thinking with an antiquated and manipulated vision of reality promulgated by the church as an instrument of mind control at a time when people had to surrender their minds if they wanted to keep their heads about them quite literally. And shortly after recognizing, you know, putting two and two together and understanding what made that life sentence so significant, I then learned that Socrates said that incorrect language is not only in itself a mistake, it implants evil in men's souls. Mm-hmm. And Confucius said, if given charge of the administration of a country, the first thing he would do would be to correct the language. Because if what is said is not what is meant, then what needs to get done remains undone. And if it remains undone, arts and morals deteriorate. Justice goes astray and people stand around in helpless confusion. So that sounds like today.
0: I was going
1: to say that sounds like 2023 to me, absolutely.
2: And Orwell himself said politics corrupts language, and language, once corrupted, has corrupting real world influence. Yet we can start at the verbal end to make a difference. So it's about our collective undertaking to tune the language to a higher frequency so we evolve the word to evolve our own consciousness and facilitate our essential evolutionary leap from humankind to human kindness.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow! 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 (laughs) I'm so impressed. (laughs) So eloquent. So beautiful, and also true. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, hearing you say all that, you know, the the the, I mean, it all sticks out. But I'm going to focus on one one part. you talk about the manipulation and, you know, the things that have been done. It definitely definitely sounds like it's some some funny business that that took place and continues to take place. Um, to this day, um, you know. And then when you talk about, you know, you were at a, uh, you saw a politician speak. Is I believe is what you said, and yes, you, and you said something along the lines of, "Well, I'm going to tell you what I say." My my people that listen to this show, they know from time to time, I say my mantra: "Nothing is as it seems." So when you said that, that totally resonated with me because that's what I was told by the father, the source. The universe back in maybe 2015 2016 when I started this spiritual journey that I am on. Well, I guess I started it eons ago, but it took a pivot in 2016 and then another pivot in 2020, which yes. has led me to doing this podcast. And thank God speaking with you today. Thank you. So um, nothing is as it seems, but you know, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about you know the things that have gone on things that have been done purposely. But before we get there, I kind of want to circle back a little bit, Laurel. And I want to kind of go back a little bit further um, from today. And I heard you talk about Sid Banks, Three Principles. I heard you talk about that, or I read that somewhere. Tell me about the impact and the influence that had on your life.
2: Oh, how fun. So you've discovered then the three principles, is that right? Do you follow that
1: conversation? Well, well, well um, I do not. I first learned about it heard about it was from when I heard you talk about it. And I, I see. I thought it was very interesting. So I'm, you know, kind of taking baby steps and learning about it. And it's definitely something I want to dig into even further. That's de- definitely on my list of things to do over the next 30 days here. So.
2: Well, gosh. I came upon it, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago okay. uh, and, and read several books on it and um, I've spoken to three principal facilitators. It's the recognition um, that our eyes are not cameras photographing what we perceive. They are paintbrushes. In other words... Our thoughts and perceptions are influencing our conceptions of reality. Mm -hmm. Sid Banks was a Scottish welder uh, living in Canada in the 70s. I don't believe he was particularly a seeker. I think he was a rather neurotic fellow, not a happy one, uh, filled with worries, and had a spontaneous awakening experience when he recognized that we are essentially making up the reality that we see. And the to say what the three principles are does not explain this at all. And I am not a facilitator of the principles, but I have certainly been someone who has gained great value by um, participating in the conversation. It's not a teaching, and it's not a process. It's an understanding that can rearrange perceptions to such an extent that one of the facilitators of the principles whom I met is a psychiatrist named William Pettit, Bill Pettit. And he has worked with people who have been lost in extreme mental illness, um, schizophrenia and such, and in lockup. And then just over time, having conversations um, over a period of weeks or something, presenting the idea that what we're seeing is really a projection of our own mind and these thoughts then um, precipitate emotions that give us such a strong sense of the trueness of what we're perceiving and believing, when actually it's all just uh, a creation of our mind. Mm-hmm. So, when there is that awareness, and when that really see- seeps in, then The understanding that no matter how traumatic our past, we have never been broken. I had looked upon myself as irreparably damaged by the kind of um, destructive parenting I experienced growing up. And... What I saw instead is that the truth of who we are is indestructible and that all that separates us from it is a lot of chatter and a belief that something's wrong with us. And we can live out that belief as if it were a reality or we can come to see that this is just... The noise in the head, the repetitive programs um, that we are hearing and heeding, hearing and believing. So, years ago, before I ever heard of the three principles, I wrote a little, um, a brief little poem that says, We've a cellular line to the divine, but ego causes static.
0: Hmm.
2: As we each let go, and enjoy the flow, our lives become ecstatic so and, and I think one of the things that Sid banks said was that when the mind quiets, the heart opens and decades ago, a line occurred to me which says when our hearts open wide, there are angels inside. So, our true nature is loving kindness. And the noise, the frenetic, stressful pace of existence, the recordings from childhood and from media that play repetitiously through our minds. That's what makes us think we're going crazy. And as a man thinketh, <laughs> so it becomes. So we are our own creator in the sense that with our minds, we are creating our experiences Of reality. And when we change our mind or get out of our mind and into our heart, when we create greater coherence between our heart and our mind, and the Heart Math Institute teaches a scientifically validated, simple meditation for calming the stress in the body and creating heart-brain coherence, then those angels inside can emerge without instruction and inform us with the wisdom that is innate to us as the infinite in finite form.
1: And I take it you have obviously experienced this. What is life like? once you experience this and you take that in and it becomes a part of your, your every day?
2: Um, Well, let me, let me take a moment to answer that because I experience more joy, the more quiet the mind is, the more present I am in the moment, the more I call that the grace space, the more grace I feel the more trust I have the more I am able to let go of concerns for what's going to happen in the next moment or what happened in the last one because I know I'm I am held in the energy of the source field and this is now scientifically proven to exist and In the last few days, I've listened to two podcasts with Dr. Lisa Miller, one on the Rich Roll podcast, and I think the other on DOAC, Diary of a CEO. That may be the other one. No, it wasn't. It was something else. But she is a neuroscientist who has brought together mysticism and science and shown that this is hardwired into us. So it's not like we have to climb uphill. We're simply making space for our true nature to emerge. And then we see that we are held in, some people would say, the arms of God or the arms of angels or Allah or Buddha or Krishna or whatever you want to call it there is a field of infinite love intelligence that embraces us and the more the more quiet we become mentally the more obvious it is that we are living in this beneficent field of love and intelligence and that it is guiding us and A couple of years ago, I had an experience where I was moving back from the Pacific Northwest to Santa Monica. And in that year, I lived in eight different locations. And as one ended, another appeared before I could even worry about it. And I wrote a blog um, available on my wordmagicglobal.com website. And it's called, Whose Life Is This Anyway? Because I came to realize that with all our stress and trying to make things happen, there's something bigger than us that we live inside of. And so just like we have an internal immune system that is working 24-7 on our behalf, as long as we don't choke it with unhealthy um, food-like substances (laughs) laced with chemicals, pesticides, and all of that. When we keep it as clear as possible, our immune system keeps us very healthy through pandemics and every other kind of experience.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. And there is also what I discovered and write about in that blog called Whose Life Is This Anyway is that it is as it felt as if to me I was living Inside a larger immune system, a field of energy that enveloped me and was seeking to fulfill itself through me by bringing about the most fortunate kinds of circumstances.
1: Oh, so good. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So I want to take it back to what uh, you kind of mentioned. a little while ago regarding, I guess we were kind of, we kind of touched on the chaos and confusion that we see in this world today and how the language at one time um, was manipulated uh, to cause manipulation. Um, when, when in your, your thoughts, when and where and who, where did this start? And
2: yeah, I, I, I haven't, other people have um, done their best to trace The history of it. And Mm. a lot of people, when they come across my secret spells of the English language, which I posted in 2010, other people subsequently borrowed my title and content, Mm. but um, uh, it was back in 2010 And so people ask me when they see it, who did this to us? And to me, that's kind of a disempower. well, it isn't not kind of, it is a disempowering question because it comes from a victim perspective. And my interest is much more on what we can do about it. So we know that the manipulation of language is ongoing. It's happening all the time. And one of the, I mean, two prime examples are Defund the Police, which somebody got that slogan in motion, but it does not mean what it says. What it was about was reallocate resources, a much more accurate, simple, and alliterative statement. Of the intention. Similarly, right to life is, sounds very righteous, and yet it is completely specious or false, because the idea that every fertilized egg must be brought to full term, and yet holding that as the ideal without offering support to the mother with prenatal care and um, income that allows her to be without so much tension and stress when she's gestating a child and offering support to the child and the mother afterwards so that we don't create two more dependents on the state and uh, new beings arriving who come loaded up with divine genius, because we all do. I once was looking at a plant in in a a wonderful organic garden, and I thought, wow, that is a genius plant. And I just, I mean, I had to stop myself and say, all plants are genius.
0: Genius.
2: Uh, Just like all children are born genius, one of those sacred path words that I uh, found in more recent times is the word infinite and how it locates itself in finite. So everything that exists is the infinite, infinite form. And as part of infinite love intelligence everything that comes through is exquisitely intelligent so children all children come bearing gifts when i grew up i i heard the statement out of the mouths of babes that Adults would utter whenever something very profound was spoken by a young child, a young unadulterated child. Um, What happens though is with the conditioning, we're conditioned out of our innate knowing and into a belief system that belongs to this extremely dysfunctional culture. And we forget who we are, why we're here, what it is we came here to do. Yet as young children, so many of us, given the opportunity, will don superhero capes, tiaras, and wands. And I believe we pretend to be um, supernatural because it is a pre-tendency. It is a recognition of our innate capacity and the fact that we are indeed larger than life. And you just have to look at the freeway from a low-flying front flying airplane, and you see we're in a little tiny toy town in these little matchbox cars and trucks. Right pretending that this is all real and not a stage set, wow. which it is. And right. the stage is set for our evolution. And for many of us, just like many seeds, only sprout after a fire. And so we are under fire. The current events are catalysts for the seeds of genius to awaken and sprout within us.
1: Uh, So good. You know, you say, you know, seeds, they sprout under fire. That made me think about what you said in regard to your childhood. You went through some things which you may consider or others may consider a fire, but that was part of your evolution right your growth your spiritual growth and you know of course you were just in in this moment you were talking about more so um humanity in regards to what's going on in the world today but they kind of mirror each other right um in in that absolutely absolutely well
2: and more not too long ago i i looked at the word trauma and i saw right at its heart was om a-u-m the the Sanskrit word for the first sound in creation. So I look at the fact that there is om in trauma because our pain can be our pathway to our purpose. So I had (laughs) I went through a lot of gaslighting where what I saw, I was told that never happened. You made it all up. So that helped me cultivate an excellent memory because I needed to create um, markers (laughs) in my memory to extraordinary events that my parents would later deny, yet that I knew were actual. So I don't often use crude language, but it's fun upon occasion. I had a dream years ago in which my parents said one thing, did another, denied all of it, meant something else, told me I'd made it all up, that it had never happened, and how could I? after all they'd done for me. So I called that a quadruplicitous mindfuck. And that led me to look at the inherent mindfuck in the language. And I believe it is because I am of sound mind that I was able to navigate through echolocution out of that insanity and into a place of sanity and peace. And most people are not of sound mind because we ignore the sounds in words. We are deafened by our definitions. And let's see if I can remember a piece I wrote about it. Well, in that piece, it says, if the word made the world and our world is in anguish, must be time to get free from the spells of our language. For how can we start fresh in this grand new millennium when the words that we use foster disequilibrium? Many riddle our minds with pun symbols and rhymes that openly echo the old paradigms, and yet few people notice, for here's what I've found. We use volumes of words yet are deaf to their sound. And though sound means integrity, strength, and solidity, we act as if word sounds had no such validity. Well, now that English sounds abound around the world, it is essential to explore their hidden metaphor to utilize their full potential. We must repair dualities, since all of these are influential in splitting personalities and making us irreverential. All language is magic. So, its spells can be tragic or mystical. And the keys to deciphering their secrets are mystolinguistical. Yet they're also accessible at a reasonable decibel. So, it goes on from there.
1: Goodness. <laughs> I have to listen to you say your poems all day. That's great. That was Thank great. That's great. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. So it, it's all languages then that cast spells, not just the English language. Absolutely. She, it's language.
2: just that English has so many other languages in it. And just like the British Empire expanded to colonize much of the world, even though it has shrunk down to its little island, English is the language that has colonized consciousness. Wow. There are more English speakers than even Chinese, Mandarin speakers. And when people playing, I don't know if it's pool or billiards or, or both, they uh, playing it, they talk about putting a little English on the ball. And that means a particular kind of a spin. And we have put, uh, English has put a spin on the world, and I spell that W H I R L E D. Um, it has put a spin on the world that creates a lens on reality that we mistake for actuality instead of the collective creation of the global life stream. And we are at an amazing conjunction of. Intensified spiritual energies and yeah. intensified efforts to create herd mentality
0: yeah.
2: in innumerable ways so that the impulse toward unity consciousness that we are seeing as we wake up to the fact that we all are one, we are like s- ourselves, ourselves of the oversoul we are individual yet indivisible and like the cells in our own body if each and all the organs if each is thriving then all are thriving when some are out of sync with the whole then we get illness and we are in a diseased state in the world today, there is such enormous stress and so much pressure exerted upon us by various forces competing almost, for are we going to awaken and come together uh, in a common wealth of creative contribution from the innate genius talent and gifts that each of us are present to share with the rest for our mutual upliftment, or are we going to be reduced to an ant heap under the command of a techno queen mm-hmm. <laughs> monitored by drones? That's kind mm. of as I see it the uh, the drama we're in the midst of and because love and light are always more powerful than darkness and we're created in the image and the likeness of the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We are <clears throat> we are so powerful as we awaken and start casting off the spells that have put blinders on our eyes so that now we can see the beauty in each other in all the different ways we show up in the world in the different costumes we're wearing in terms of skin color um gender identification and all the other political persuasion and mm-hmm. it, it's it's uh, I describe in one of my poems, it's apt that we call our religions persuasions, since that's what it takes on so many occasions to adopt ideologies that make no apologies for taking verbatim metaphoric mythologies, whose practical symbols and practical parables and something symbologies virtually beg us to view heaven like Las Vegas. so um, who we are are divine beings in human form love is our natural expression it's the ultimate love and loving kindness the ultimate in feelings that can't be purchased can't be imbibed (laughs) Mm. it's our connection with each other and sharing love and beauty and kindness with each other that Offers the keys to the kingdom, and and release from the imprisonment of our own minds.
1: You know, when we talk about word spell, Laurel, <laughs> like you, I experienced a lot of trauma in in my youth as a child by my father. A lot of physical abuse. He used to get beat up a lot.
2: I'm so sorry.
1: And thank you. And psychological abuse as well, which was actually worse than the physical abuse, because the psychological is the one that really stayed with me for years after years after years, right? And um, I've been through my healing via spirituality. You know, now I'm not religious, even though I was one of those kids that went to church, raised in a church, went to church several times a week, three, four, sometimes five days a week. Um, however, since I started practicing spirituality, uh, I feel closer to God than ever. It's a different type of relationship. It's just a different experience, if you will. So um, three years or so in, I've gone through so much healing from that trauma. And even a lot of the trauma, I didn't realize I had until I start peeling back the layers, right? And uh, going on this this healing journey, if you will. So it just makes me think that when I was experiencing this abuse, especially the the verbal, that spells were being cast upon me. And the effects from those spells were the psychological issues that I experienced for many years of my life. And then I think about people that go through trauma, you know, or people that suffer with depression. Uh, obviously, they go to a doctor, psychiatrist, or some type of clinician, and they're prescribed these medications, right? And a lot of them are on these meds for life, you know? So that makes me think that, Obviously, that's a band-aid. There's never a cure that takes place. So they go through their lives on these medications, but they still suffer from these same issues. And the spell is never broken. And that's sad. That's very, very sad. It It, it actually bothers me.
2: (laughs) I I, I participated in Dr. Joe Dispenza's event last Saturday, Walk for Mm. the World, And one fellow was wearing a T-shirt that says, heavily meditated, which I thought was great. That is great. That is great. Yeah, yeah. So fortunately, there are ways of healing now. And um, new modalities are coming online all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, For most of my life, my significant other was my therapist. Mm-hmm. So um yeah these wounds run deep and yet for me um having having wordplay and the joy of discovery and creativity has been um an amazing painkiller uh consciousness deepener mm-hmm. and pleasure and I realized that writing has been my insulin and heroin, <laughs> and it's made me a bit of a heroine in the culture yeah. because I've been able to affirm for many people that their intuition about words and their connection through sound as well as through spelling is true. And when I started exploring that um, gosh in as a little girl in the late nineteen forties, and then uh, you know going I went to uh u c Berkeley, and even at that time, the idea that I presented that words might be more closely related through their sounds than through their meaning was considered preposterous, yet I later discovered that the ancients, not only in China, but in Greece and in Egypt and in Rome, recognized that wordplay could help develop literacy and that words with multiple meaning for the same sound became all the more powerful. Mm -hmm. And Sanskrit can have like... uh, (laughs) A do- close to a dozen, I think, of meanings in the same word. So word sounds are so potent. And Sanskrit, I think it believe, uh, I think it translates as um, the perfect language, and it was protected from the beginning from the kind of linguistic drift that English has gone through, such that. Old English, Middle English, and Contemporary English, we would hardly be able to communicate with English speakers in the past. And I learned by chance that the first English printer, I think in the 15th century, William Caxton, said that uh, native speakers of English are as if living under the domination of the moon. And I wondered, well, what does that mean? Because I have lived under the domination of the moon um, to quite a strong degree. I mean, some pretty amazing synchronicities related to the moon. And the idea that English is under the domination of the moon and that the moon controls the tides. So it seems to me, that given all the secret spells in the language that most people overlook or underhear, though they are hidden in plain sight, um, that language can be upgraded like software. And so I have said for quite some time that I will soon have on my website A place where we can have a literary lotto, where people can open to the still small voice and download, ask, and receive new symbols, sounds, words, metaphors, and phrases that can convey a higher frequency of consciousness in our communications and inspire a greater frequency of kindness in our interactions. and help then facilitate our essential evolutionary leap from humankind to human kindness. So I would like to have this literary lotto. I describe what this would be like as we collectively upgrade the language in a poem, my Word Magic Global Anthem, which is called Taking Command of the English Language. And in 2010, when I recorded the secret spells of the language, I also recorded taking command of the language. And when you go find it on my YouTube channel, you'll see I'm wearing the same suit. It was on the same occasion. So um, one day soon, I will have a place where people can send in words and phrases. And... um, discover that we are each, we use the term avatar now to represent our symbolic uh, game piece uh, in the matrix. Yet its Sanskrit meaning is an awakened being who incarnates humanly, someone who has already awakened. But listening to one of Dr. Joe Dispenza's walking meditations, he points out we are all giants. We are all saints. We are all avatars in that sense of awakened beings, humanly incarnating. And Charles Eisenstein, the marvelous author and public intellectual who is um, supporting Robert Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign, a very wise being. And he, he shared a creation story about beings in a very evolved beings in a very evolved world, answering the call to come to earth to incarnate under threat of even losing who the the remembrance of who we are or why we're here. But being here and awakening as um, sleeper cells, essentially, Uh, awakening and remembering, Ah, yes, I chose to be here. It's a divine appointment. And I'm here because of the gifts I bring. And I may have to unwrap them (laughs) to understand who I am and why I'm here. But I know I'm here on purpose, and it is my sole purpose to be here and share the wisdom that I have perceived and received for the healing and upliftment of consciousness on the planet.
1: We we are on a mission. We are on an appointed mission here on this earth, uh, in this matrix, dealing with all this chaos and confusion just so good like what are your thoughts on people actually creating firstly you know and you, you talked about you know being that we're divine for beings and, and we have the ability we're creators right because we are uh, the creator having a human experience if you will what are your thoughts on not only us being able to create while we are here but creating before we arrive here, creating each and every experience that we have, knowing um, we're going on this mission?
2: I've read several books on pre-life planning, mm-hmm. a couple by, I think it's Michael J. Newton, PhD, who had believed in reincarnation, but didn't really know what between lives was like, sort of. I think he kind of believed we were just sort of floating around in the ethers until he had a client who he was who was recounting in hypnosis a past life experience, and then started in great deta- detail recounting what happened after. So that became the focus of Dr. Newton's research. He developed uh, a way of. Helping through hypnosis, people access their between life memories and saw that we study our lives, the choices we made, different choices we could make. We develop uh, our capacities. We um, enjoy travel. We enjoy um, collaboration and our soul member, our soul family members, and at a certain point decide what it is we want to um, work on in our next lifetime. Because certain qualities require a body and and peril (laughs) to bring forth these qualities, like courage, Mm -hmm. when you're in a unitary state of consciousness, Courage is not required. But when you're in constant jeopardy, as we feel we are today, then all sorts of, you know, we become far wiser, more aware, and more capable. So also I've read Robert Schwartz um, on your soul's plan, understand that your soul's gift, understanding the life you planned before you were born. He's got several books and lots of podcasts. So that sort of shaped my beliefs. What about you?
1: Wow. Yeah. And the reason I actually asked you that is because I absolutely believe it without a doubt. And that was actually a download I received at, at one time. Actually, it was earlier this year, I believe, or late last year. Um, you know, I have uh, practice with plant medicine for ceremony purposes, Right. And uh, I've sat with ayahuasca uh, for three three nights in the desert and uh, mushrooms a few times as well. Um, don't do the recreational. Um, don't advocate for that. Um, I believe they're sacred and they should be used for for uh, ceremony purposes uh, to to gain knowledge and to grow uh, spiritually. Right. And during one of these ceremonies, uh, that is exactly what came to me uh, via download. And you know what else came to me? as well, Laurel, uh, was something regarding deja vu. Like we have what we call deja vu, um, that we experience here in this matrix. And it, it came to me that that is simply, um, us recalling that experience that we created before we arrived here. So that was pretty cool. I was like, wow. I like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> if you will, but, uh, yeah, yeah, uh. Good stuff. Good stuff, for sure. On the other hand, then when we talk about um, entertainment, um, it seems that mass entertainment seems to have lowered the moral and cultural vision. Um, Can you think of any ways that our speech patterns can be used to counter this trend?
2: Well, I agree with you. There has been a widespread and no doubt intentional degradation of the culture people's vocabularies are shrinking. Aristophanes, the playwright, said high thoughts require high language, yet people's vocabularies are shrinking. Um, Abbreviations are being used with, with texting and such. It's like facility with language is decreasing. And as Terence McKenna said, it all starts with words. Everything is made out of words. And when you are at a loss for words, which is what is happening globally, um, then you are have less capacity to think and you are more vulnerable to manipulation. And so many people are peppering their speech with curse words and i even somebody maybe at my my insurance company put you know came back online after putting me on hold and starts using some kind of vernacular that's a curse word that's ugly Hmm. and i'm all about beauty Hmm. truth and beauty equate with each other. And beauty feeds the heart. It feeds our innate spiritual nature, whereas ugly is ugly. Uh, and it it kind of shreds dignity and our sacred nature. So I'm not about never swear, you know, you must speak this way or that way. I'm just saying, choose with a little more conscious awareness of what you want in your mouth do people talk about talking garbage well do you want garbage in your mouth or do you want beauty and wisdom and intelligence because we are stimulating ourselves as we speak and we're all wired into the matrix Mm -hmm. so The vibrations that emanate from us affect our experience in the world, affect what we attract and also what we repel, and um, affect the reality that we're creating for ourselves. So, yes, I completely, I mean, I'm just kind of horrified sometimes looking at the degree of degradation of the culture. And it's it's even in children's movies.
1: Speaking of, you can see it even in school nowadays. I mean, these agendas that are going on, where they're literally targeting children to suck yes. them in even further into the matrix, is, is definitely evil and it's, it's sickening. Yes.
2: I listened to a very interesting um, uh, podcast by I think her name is Jennifer Bielek, B I L E K, and it's um I think it's called What's Behind the Trans Agenda. And it is definitely not a grassroots movement.
1: <laughs> not at all. No. Not at all. You yeah. Know, earlier you mentioned uh defund the police and you, you kind of broke that down for us. I'm so glad you 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 brought that to the table because I wanted to quickly touch on uh, social justice, social movements. Um, I would think that each of the US's uh, major social movements was characterized by different words, and each for different objectives. Um, Now, when we talk about feminism and also civil rights, do any words come to mind that were infused into the English English language to manipulate the thinking of, of the people?
2: I haven't made a study of that, Mm -hmm. but I can, um, uh, this program or this uh, podcast with Jennifer Bielik uh, talks about the transgender thing as the ultimate attack against womanhood. Mm. Yeah. And, um, And the social justice, I mean, I think all these movements get manipulated, all the language gets manipulated. And and activism is essential, yet underneath the activism needs to be the evolution of consciousness, because you could try to impose the most perfect system on a culture. And it would soon degenerate because the people, the participants were not living from that place of, I wanted to say royalty, I -hmm. meant reality, but it is about a place of sacred human majesty that is our essence, our essential nature. And as that awakens, we become the royalty that creates a quality of reality that makes room for everyone and everything to flourish. So oh, at this moment, I can't do better than that for answering your question, because I haven't taken a look at the vocabulary for either movement.
1: It works. That's good, though. That's good. Um, a couple of words. I don't know if you've researched these and come up with the meetings or, you know, but uh, three words I want to ask you about. Uh, Jesus, COVID, uh-huh. and vaccine. Have you, have you ever brought? Jesus,
2: those? COVID, and, uh, mm-hmm. and vaccine? Yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, Jesus, I mean, Yeshua. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't researched it. Mm-hmm. Um COVID, not particularly. Vaccine, I think, was misapplied to the witch's brew that was concocted. What about you? What have you seen in those words?
1: Wow. I mean, based off what we've seen in this world over the last uh, three, what, two and a half, three years now, um, nothing good. (laughs) That's for sure. Right? Nothing good. I mean, you know. Um, I think you said it earlier. Pandemic, right? So yeah, we're, we're, well, we're going through it.
2: Well, I I heard a wonderful interview on the higher side chats. Okay. Greg Carlwood interviewed Doctor Russell Blaylock, Good. and you can cut this out if you need to. <laughs> once you, <laughs> once your editor completes the work on this, but Doctor Blaylock said. Um, how did he put it? Oh, Covid wasn't the bioweapon, the jab was
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and totally I think rude.
2: yeah, me too. I think Greg said you said it, you know
1: <laughs> mhm mhm-, mm-hmm, yeah. All right, Laura. one final question for you. And this is something I ask each and every guest that appears on the Hidden Gateway podcast. I would absolutely love for you to leave the audience with what I like to call a token of love. I mean, you've done that for the last hour and 10 minutes, but something that comes to heart in this moment, something that you feel that people need to hear right now in this moment as they continue their personal journeys.
2: Thank you. Well, that gives me an invitation to share a short piece called Speaking Beauty, an Anthem for Our Era. Mm. We are godlings on this planet, here because we all pre-planned it. Ghastly, ghostly shadows, damn it. Now's our chance to superman it. Lift your voices, re-enchant it. Spirits, codes are all semantic though we're small and sometimes frantic. Souls are whole and all gigantic. These may be our darkest hours, yet each of us has superpowers. The infinite is infinite, which means we can turn on the light all life's a dream and we're the dreamers. Though hates streaming through the schemers, we're all here as world redeemers, beaming peace. We're love supremers. So mages, sorceresses, sages, artists of all sorts and ages, share your gifts now. Be courageous. Daring actions are contagious. A diamond mind and heart of gold are gifts that prophecies foretold for those uniting souls on earth by honoring each being's full worth. When we let go of againstness, we step into our immenseness. For the genesis of genius is the light we strike between us when we share the gifts with which we're blessed to inspire higher consciousness, then we gain what we've been dreaming of, the gift of everlasting love, the bliss of everlasting love, the kiss of everlasting love.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was
1: phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Perfect for the moment. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And if you would please let our audience know where they can find you online, website, social media, where they can buy your books, all that good stuff.
2: Thank you. Um, My website is wordmagicglobal.com. I have a free ebook for subscribers. It's called The Book of E, A Book of Alphabet Alchemy. Right now, the best way to interact with me is by joining one of my sacred rites, creative circles, which are small groups of people who come together from around the world to share their creative work, to share their writing to develop their writing to receive support for their writing reflections and from others and encouragement and i usually lead three circles every month i am about to have a holiday book ready it is called gifts of presence and it's a book that holds up a mirror to our times and shows us the pathway to Paradise through our own evolution. So, when you go to my website, you'll see that there's a store that you'll see the books on. And if you scroll down the home page, you'll see upcoming events. And sooner than later, I will have a word magic online evergreen course where you can learn how to play with words in ways that makes everyone smarter wittier, more literate, and wise just by having fun with letters and words.
0: Excellent,
1: excellent, excellent. Laurel, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Hidden Gateway Podcast. Uh, as I expected, you are a gem. This was a phenomenal conversation, one that is much needed in this time. Uh, you're you're like a national treasure, and uh, I am Genuinely enjoyed my time with you today, and I know my audience did as well. Thank you so much. And to the audience, uh, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Hidden Gateway podcast. Remember to stay connected with us directly at thehiddengateway.com. Shoot us an email, if you would, at support at thehiddengateway.com, as a lot of you do. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. Now, this will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love,
0: and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.